Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. We're one round down and we've got some teams to go through. A few ins and outs that are making or breaking some sides so far, particularly in the forward line. Tonight, I've got JB on with me to help me talk through these treacherous waters, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. And uh, tonight, I've got Cheezo on with me. So how are you today? I'm I'm Good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Who's the host here? No, you are. Continue. Have you been saving that up or something? <laughs> it's been brewing for at least five minutes pre-pod. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to throw me off. I, I was just settling into a nice length outside off stump, but now you're throwing me off completely. Yeah, look, cause anytime I can throw off the master of podcasting, then it's a win for me. <laughs> Speaking of throwing people off, JB, uh, we touched on it on the uh, podcast earlier the week. The uh, state of origin, there's two... Teams just breaking away from the pack, throwing the rest off the cliff, basically. It's South Australia and the All-Stars, JB. Just one rookie selection on field from uh, Pistol. If you listen to us about you know not having Bolter on the field, we could be leading right now. Yeah, and it's hard to talk from the uh, the lower score of the group, so <laughs> I'm not going to say too much. Yeah, we won't bring that up, but uh, hopefully in the uh, next few rounds, we're going to be saying, see you later, Eradicator, in our review mirror, so uh, keep posted. Uh, we do have to jump through our Patreon signups. We have had Tristan Webster sign up uh, in the last few days. He's been in Slack asking all sorts of questions. Uh, I love it when people come into Slack, JB, because they've got all these questions that they've saved up, but it's like they've had no one to ask. Tristan, also our second uh, Slackster from the US. So, yeah, in Philly, sh- I think. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to all of America <laughs> who I assume are listening. More of you jump on board. You got two now New York and, and Philly in the, the Slack channel. And they're basically close enough to catch up on a weekend, aren't they? They're both on the East Coast. I told you this. I follow the NBA, <laughs> so I know where the standings are and the, the teams are close. <laughs> they're just in the East Conference. It means nothing. Other than that to me, so I can't help you with that, JB. Uh, we've also got some Cancer Council donations. Even though it's only been one week, we've had a couple of people that have had uh, some interesting donuts that they're willing to put their hand up and say they stuffed up. Uh, JB, we've got Tommy Newman. Uh, he has decided that he's going to donate every time that Cornelio outscores Dusty because he was choosing between the two and chose Dusty because he's a Tigers man. I think there was a little bit of Richmond bias in there, JB. That He's going to be uh, donating again this week because he <laughs> just put up a 60. So. That, that's right. Uh, you need Cornelia to do both hammies in the first quarter to come Ooh. anywhere close. He might still outscore Dusty yeah, the way he's he going. At the moment. <laughs> um, we've got Mark Redston. Donate for Donuts for forgetting to set the emergencies tax. Same with Aaron Black. Donate for Donuts. No E on the emergency. And wouldn't you know it, Adrian Kellett. DRSC donut tax. Always remember to put your emergency on your bench plaque. Come on, boys. These are these are rookie rookie things. But you know, I'm not going to be too helpful for you guys because you are helping out a really good cause. So uh, it's kind of a win-win situation if we don't tell you to put your emergencies on. Yeah, exactly right. And they're all in a couple of those lads are at least are in the Slack channel. So I think we've been uh, getting into them enough during the week <laughs> rather than giving it to them on the podcast. But Chizo. Pledging seems to be the new uh, Donate for Donuts this year. Uh, I've heard a few interesting ones already. I know uh, Michael Gunner, an off, a great donator to the page and, and contributor to the uh, Cancer Council uh, in past years, has said that by choosing Dunkley over uh, his Bulldogs teammate McLean, 
Uh, he said he's taken a risk, and anytime McLean outscores Dunkley, he'll be donating as well. There's been a couple of others floating around, so like if you're keen to make a pledge, just send it into the page. Uh, we'll have a bit of fun with it, and I think it's about time us three podcasters made up our pledge for the year as well, Chizo. Well, every year, you know me, I'm donating for donuts, but it seems every year my pledge gets higher because I think last year it was 50 bucks a donut because, you know, I'm, every year I get more confident that I'm not going to give any donuts and then suddenly four people are out and I'm stuck with like a $400 <laughs> debt that I've got to sell the drone to try and pay off. So, um, yeah, if you do have some fun, what was yours last year? I think it was anytime Sean Higgins goes under 100 or something. Yeah, anytime Higgins puts up a sub ton, I was going to put in $10. Yeah, did that end up happening? I still owe the cancer accounts, <laughs> but but I'm saving for a wedding here, so I'll, I'll take it out of the savings, and and hopefully the missus doesn't find out. Just think about the kids you're just ripping off by I know, I feel keeping so it bad. in your pocket. You should I will feel terrible. get to it. I promise. <laughs> All right, and uh, the last bit of support we got, um, JB, was from someone we didn't really expect on Twitter. Yes, so our boy, um, I'll, I'll try and pull up his DM now, but the thing is, Nathan Scoble has uh, has been in the DMs of all Dr. Supercoach boys, mostly about the, the talk of a, chat, a show coming on to uh, Fox Footy about Supercoach, pretty much, and just raising the awareness for the actual game, getting some pros on the, on the show to talk about it, people that are passionate about it and obviously good at the game. And uh, we didn't get a mention, Chizo, which I wouldn't expect us to. I mean, we're pretty <laughs> renowned, but, you know, let's be honest, there are a lot of people out there that could contribute to such a thing. But uh, Nathan definitely was uh, was coming into bat for us and shouted us out heavily all over the post, and we appreciate well, you, Nathan. Well, he shouted out you and Pistol. Let's, let's not say us <laughs> as a blanket term. He specifically doesn't want me on any show. It's because uh, he knows I've got a face for radio. I'll tell you what happened afterwards as well. You gave him a follow, and then Pistol gave him a follow because I was telling you guys in our inbox, you know, get around this Nath guy, you know, loves the page and that. And then he sent me a photo of both of you two following him and said, come on, mate, what are you doing? It's the peer pressure. He's bullied me into following him as well. <laughs> so but I we just wanted him to be in his DMs and say, hey, are you forgetting someone? <laughs> yeah, and he's got well. a follow for Well played. He's got a follow from all three of us. He's done well. <laughs> we'll jump with some, uh, to the teams now, JB. Uh, obviously, we already know that we're missing Bolter from the Richmond and Collingwood game. Um, I will just briefly go through um, some scores that we do for, do have from uh, the uh, match day. JB, 137 from Brody Grundy. That's a return to form and uh, really unfortunate for a lot of the owners that you know only had one week's worth of patience. Yeah, I mean, if you're one of the you know, a thousand people that shipped him off and one of the other thousand people that shipped off Gorn, I think you're about to get a, a serious reality check to start the season uh, not to be so impatient with your premiums. Yeah, another really um, fantastic score from a, a common player is Darcy Moore with 93. Uh, it really helps cover uh, some of those lost points that uh, coaches do have if they are missing green. Um, and we did also touch on Dusty, only 66 uh, tonight, JB. Not super flash, uh, but we will jump into some teams, mate. You've got Sydney and Adelaide. Hit me with it. Yeah, so for Sydney, we've got Ben Ronk and uh, Aria Rawdon, I think is how you pronounce it. It might I'll, not be, but... I'll let you go with it. <laughs> so on the ins, and uh, Heath Grundy and Jordan Dawson on the outs. And then for for Adelaide, we've got Seedsman and Carl Hardigan in and Tom Duda with that awful ACL injury. 
and Richie Douglas out for approximately a month uh, to six weeks as well. So a couple of injury-forced changes, but I think in regards to this, I know there's not a lot of Supercoach relevance here as, uh, I mean, we don't really have any rookies from these teams anyway, but it's good to see Ronk back in that Sydney side. I think they're a different team with him up in that forward line, and he's such an excitement machine as well. I know when they're both in the forward line, I find it hard to tell him and Papley apart because they're just you know yes, little true. guys just zipping around the feet of Franklin. So sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. I think with the uh, the Adelaide changes, it makes it less likely that Chase Jones um, might lose his place in coming weeks. So a couple guys that do have him as a, a rookie selection probably wouldn't be many, but um, one just to keep in mind. Uh, there is some whispers that Cam Ellis Yolman might be uh, coming in for a midfielder for Adelaide as well. So without speculating on any names, JB, that's something that has been out on the Twitter sphere today. We don't really need to take it uh, much further than that. Uh, Essendon and St Kilda, my boy Darcy Parrish, uh, the you know, next coming Brownlow medalist in my eyes, JB out. Uh, sorry, in and Jordan Ridley has been omitted, JB. That is uh, quite interesting news considering he actually played quite well uh, last week. I was expecting there to be um, a bit more of a cull the, uh, from the, the Essendon side of things because some of the efforts that we saw, I think there was a video of Zach Merritt in the first quarter of round one putting in a, just an atrocious effort to, to put a tackle on. So there was a, a few guys that lacking a bit of heart rather than uh, running the legs. Um, so I think Ridley's a bit um, unlucky to uh, get dropped, but we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, we've got Nathan Brown, Rowan Marshall, and Blake Akers coming in for St Kilda. Joyce, Lewis Pierce, and Ben Long have been omitted. And interestingly, uh, young gun Hunter Clark is still on the sidelines, JB. Yeah, and so is Caulfield. So... I mean, I've got a, the, both these teams. I I just have a million questions about. And uh, in the recap for round one, Pistol and I gave Ridley the only pass mark on that Essendon team uh, for the whole entire side through one through twenty-two. So I'm shocked that he's out, and I can't believe they haven't. If they're going to take one player out, at least swing the axe because there was a lot of players not putting in any effort, as you could tell by the final scoreboard and. As you would know by an Essendon, being an Essendon fan, but in regards to the St Kilda, you've got so many young rookies who, you know, you've taken in the top fifteen batch of players for that that draft that have looked okay, not great, but okay, and they're just refusing to play them. So, I'm not sure what direction they think they're going, but I think getting some run into the young guns' legs is probably ideal at this point. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, mate. Take us through your boys, Port Adelaide v Carlton. So uh, a lot of excitement here on Port Adelaide's side with no changes whatsoever. And uh, Carlton just bringing in Paulson for the injured Cunningham set to miss approximately three weeks, uh, Carlton said about Cunningham. Not entirely sure what the injury is. They've been a bit harsh about it. But yeah, so not many changes in this one. Uh, looks to be a good game. I'll be at this one, Chizo. So I'll be able to see Cripps front row uh, pretty much just tearing us a new one. Yeah, and uh, I think Gory would be very disappointed that his uh, his breakout candidate in the back line is out injured. Travelled down to Adelaide from Darwin for this one as well, Gory, so he'll be <laughs> very, very disappointed. That is who I'm attending the game with. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Uh, I guess uh, I know you say that it's not very exciting for the power that they have no change, but I actually find that really exciting because it means that all of their rookies 
um, are in there. And I think some of their exuberance rubbed off on the rest of the team because uh, their performance against the Ds last weekend was fantastic. And I, I think the, like, the, the job security that we were a little bit iffy on, on the likes of Butters and Dersma, I, I think are pretty much, um, you know, they're becoming more and more rock solid. Uh, Willem Drew named as a follower. Um, it, it's just looking really good for some of these uh, Port Adelaide rookies that I have to admit, and I'll be called out of this on Slack, I was a little bit iffy on in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, and rightly so. I mean, Port Adelaide obviously are always considering themselves as a top eight side because they're generally around the mark there. And to assume that they'd bring in four rookies and those four rookies would automatically have good job security was a bit of a stretch uh, for some people in the preseason. And, you know, they're all just, as you could see in round one, pivotal to the team already and, you know, looking like very good players. Yeah, also good to see that Michael Gibbons gets another game for those that are running him at probably M11. Uh, we'll jump into the next game, West Coast Eagles and the Giants. Uh, JJK comes in for the Eagles along with Josh Smith. Out goes Jake Waterman and Jared Brander as omitted. On the Giants, we have Matt Bunting and Nick Haynes coming in for Harry Perriman who popped the lung and Toby Green who is mysteriously injured as he always seems to be, JB. Okay, so there's this could go a couple of ways. <laughs> um, did you just read out Geelong's changes and then GWS's? No, West Coast. What happened to Geelong versus Melbourne? Uh, I have West Coast versus Giants as the next team. Oh, because it's WA. Okay, I will continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> d- d- just ignore ignore me. Um, I'm going off the AFL site here, so... What's up, why? What are you doing? <laughs> Look, they've got them listed. Okay, anyway, uh, to answer your question, I'm not too concerned about Toby Green. Jeezo. It says he's injured, but it is just general soreness, which I guess you could consider maybe a, a slight injury, but not really. Look, they make this trip to West Coast one time a year. And it is the longest road trip for them, the longest flight. They're coming off of a six-day break. If this fixture was in round 23, I'd expect them to be rested then. If it was in round 10, you know, same thing. So the fact that it's in round two is very annoying and, and quite frankly, a little bit scary. But I think this was the type of trip that they wouldn't be throwing green into anyway because they just don't need to. And, you know, give him a, a week's rest after round one as well. I think we'll see him play you know, a good string of 10, 12 games straight after this. Yeah, uh, I'd like to have the same opinion, but you know, going into the season, he was someone that I really didn't want to select. But at 350, just the value you were getting was just so tempting that I couldn't resist. And the whole time, the whole time I was just hoping, get five, get six, get, you know, just half a dozen games and I'll be happy but no we're back again round two he's out he's got general soreness in the I, I guess you put it the best way when I was talking to you when we found uh, read the teams initially is he's only played one AFL game in like 12 months or even uh, you know longer than that so uh, he's had the interrupted preseason. he's got to get some run in his legs so you're right it is a long trip and they're you know most likely going to rest him in this situation, but he did pull up a little bit sore during the game um, last week, which is what um, uh, 
kind of scared me, like pretty much as the game finished, that I, I thought something might be up. Uh, I also thought that with Zach Williams, so it's fantastic to see that um, he's been named again uh, on half back and he's not being rested, JB. So I'm happy with that. So we'll take us through the next game, which is next on the list, JB. It's the Cats and the D's. Well, I will go back one game on my list to the Cats versus the D's. <laughs> and it's uh, Geelong with no changes in this one. Uh, Melbourne with, I mean, a lot of super coaches are going to be upset with this one. But out goes Charlie Spargo, Corey Wagner and Marty Hoare. In comes Lockhart, Stephen May and Cade Kolodajny. So, look, <laughs> Marty Hoare lasted one game and... It's upsetting. A lot of people would be angry with this, but Lockhart coming in, maybe there's some silver lining in a couple of weeks. Don't think so. It looks bad, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look bad. Uh, I, I think um, the problem that I had in the preseason is I had a lot of people um, either on Twitter or um, you know people that I know saying, Marty Hoare is not competing with Stephen May. He's not competing with... Um, Frost. He's not competing with these guys that are in the back line. And I, f- I found that really hard to swallow because he just plays that intercepting kind of third tall role. And that's what made me think his job security was just going to be a little bit shaky. And knowing the amount of injuries and the amount of um, players that the Ds could come uh, have come into that side that they were missing, it was really, really clear to me that his job security was on shaky ground so um it's less of a surprise but it's also disappointing because um the fact that he was playing means that i did pick him at d8 and went a little bit um thinner in the defense line with my rookies but now uh, he's just you know another floating donut that we can use to loophole and it's just another year of just not trusting my gut here, JB. And I did that with a few things last year, and I feel really, really frustrated that I'm not learning from it. But um, we'll it's continue tough to our- find that balance because there's a lot of advice going around, and you have to choose between you know other people's opinions, your own, and you know there's a middle ground somewhere. But I, I will say in in Marty Hall's defence, I think if they had have won last week, which most people expected them to. Can't see a reality in which he was dropped for this week. Uh, like they make three changes off the back of a loss, that's fair enough. I don't think they do that off the back of a win, so it could have been a very different story. Yeah, I know, but then his job security is banking on them winning. So like, it, it, even then, it's not very yeah. It's solid, a difficult so. situation. I know, but but looking on the bright side, maybe they lose against the Cats and he gets to come back in for Stephen May. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but again, uh, another. Um, team in the Cats with no changes with a lot of rookies in there. Really good for the likes of um, uh, Constable and the and the Jordan Clarks named on a wing this week. I'm not sure that's exactly where he'll start, but um, should help his scoring if he does end up on there. Um, so that's really good for the Cats. I'll go through North and Brisbane here, JB. Paul Hearn, Scott Thompson, Taron Thomas, uh, and Tom Campbell, Cameron Zerha. Out is Ed Vickers-Willis with that ACL. Um, on the Lions, it's Nick Robinson, Connor Ballenden, Noah Answorth, and Archie Smith. Keep in mind that these are extended benches here, uh, JB. But I'm pretty excited about Taron Thomas, um, Tasmania boy, high draft pick. Uh, may not get his debut this game. I haven't uh, seen anything on social media, but um, he's a really exciting player, mate. 
Yeah, and in the JLT, he looked exceptional. He's a real pressure act, sort of, you know, eight touches, but eight, eight to ten brilliant things per game. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to see him play as well. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of super coach relevance here. Um, I, I guess... Um, North trying to bounce back against uh, the Lions at Marvel after they kick-started the year, beating the defending premiers. It's going to be an interesting game. Bailey Scott named on the field, a half-forward flank. Uh, he was fantastic last week, JB. He, has he upgraded himself to your um, fields yet? Uh, yeah, so uh, with the NAB Rising Star Award in round one comes uh, a spot on my field as well. So I've benched Zach Butters at the moment for Scott and played Charlie Constable as well as Sam Walsh. So uh, willing to go with Butters against Carlton because I think he'll sort of get that 60-70, but you know, Bailey Scott has showed that he's had good scoring potential from the start, really. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. Um, jump into the next game, the Hawks and the Doggies for us. Yep, so we've got Hawthorne bringing in more... Lewis, uh, Tom Scully, and Caden Brand for uh, no outs yet, but we assume Tom Scully will be straight into that best 22. So uh, probably we'll see an omission uh, when the teams are fully released tomorrow. And then for the Western Bulldogs, we've got Lewis Young, Jackson Trengrove, uh, Lipinski, and F Green, which is what a lot of super coaches are actually <laughs> thinking this week. So quite ironic there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um but yeah, uh, it's interesting to see that uh, Scully has come straight back in, uh, or at least named in. You'd think it'd be uh, difficult for them to name him and then not actually end up playing him. So, um, yeah, interesting. Great news, uh, though. Great yeah, news it is story. great news. Yeah, that there was there's some genuine fears that he wasn't actually going to get back to the AFL level with his ankle, and um, that was reflected by the the trade that Hawthorne got done, I think they threw him across for a bag of chips. He was it was pick fifty six or something like that, like something yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe it. Um, the the doggies seem to uh, rotate. I, I know we're touching on something from the um, the review podcast. They seem to rotate their midfielders last week. Even uh, uh, Liberatore spent a little bit of time up for JB. Yeah, and pretty much Jackson McRae is the only one that's able to hold his spot in that midfield and. With an incredible 90-plus percent time on ground in the, the first uh, round, it's quite amazing, his actual um, engine and, and the fact that he can stay in there. But Liber, Bont, uh, Wallace, all the guys all had, uh, obviously Dunkley and McLean predominantly, all had stints in that forward line, but also all played really good games and, and did play through the midfield at least a bit. So their scoring will be through the roof probably all year. Yeah, and I've got the centre bounce attendances as posted by Frico. McRae, 16, Wallace, 13, Bont, 12, Libba, 11, and Dunkley, 10. Um, which the most interesting thing for me is not so much um, Libba, uh, that he wasn't in there a little bit more often, uh, but it's that Dunkley is still kind of on the outside of the top two or three. Uh, he's definitely playing 50 50 forward, which we were kind of hoping would be more of a you know a 70-30 split. So um, I've got no dramas uh, with the, if I was a Dunkley owner that he's still going to score, but uh, potentially just playing a little bit more forward at this point in time. I know it's only one game sample size, but uh, we'll revisit that in a little bit. Uh, JB, 
I'll jump into the Suns and the Dockers game to finish the round. We've got Will Brody, Jacob Heron, Nick Holman, and Jesse Joyce with Ben King coming in. Ben Ainsworth out with that knee injury after he uh, got tackled a little awkwardly at Metricon. Uh, sorry, at Marvel last week. Uh, the Dockers, Jesse Hogan, Brandon Matera, Taylor Duman, Stefan Giro, and Mitchell Croden. Out goes Hayden Ballantyne. Uh, good to see that uh, Jesse Hogan is named... They are extended benches, um, JB, but he has been named in a forward pocket, so uh, good to see him back. Yeah, great to see him back, actually, and great for Fremantle uh, supporters as well. I wonder how many players they'll go in uh, this game with you know, a real, the same sort of skill set, that tall forward, uh, tall marking forward. They've got four or five in there already and you know they're bringing Hogan in it just yeah it seems real tall but if you're ever going to experiment with something like that it'd probably be against the Gold Coast yeah and speaking of tall um, Ben King named on an extended bench would be interesting uh, to see if he actually gets a game considering it's up at Metricon uh, when you look at their forward line Jack Lacocious tall marking forward Chris Burgess being played as a tall marking forward and Peter Wright tall marking forward I just don't think they can fit in another one so um, I, I don't think he's probably going to debut at this stage maybe Burgess uh, goes out Chizo wouldn't that be great <laughs> <laughs> it'd be something yeah yeah luckily one of that I didn't start with which is fantastic uh, good to see that Sam Collins uh, is named at fullback after copping that hit very late in the game uh, we saw him go down with about 20 seconds to go in the fourth quarter I just thought yep this really sums up the start to the year because we're all <laughs> we're all struggling a little bit when the year started um uh, so good to see that he has been named and he's not suffering too much from uh, concussive effects. Uh, JB, based on his game from last week, do you think that he is worthwhile putting on your field still or is he an automatic bench selection? You're playing the likes of Scrimshaw and Dersma over top of him. Uh, yeah, I'd absolutely play Dersma over him. And I don't know, it's going to take at least a couple of good scores to bring my trust back after what happened last week. But, I mean, he's years removed from AFL football as well, so I wouldn't expect him to come in and, and sort of clunk everything like other people would would have expected coming in. And that was, you know, four or five marks that he could have taken that sort of went through the hands or, you know, Just last over second, his head. And- yeah, deviation of the ball and it sort of misread it a bit. You know, he's not that type of player, so I expect him to build as the season goes along, but... For round two, definitely not on my field. Yeah, and this is probably a little bit of wishful thinking for me because I do rate Sam Collins. um, I watched this game, and it almost looked like the Dockers going into the forward line were trying not to dump it on his head. They were trying to be a little bit, you know methodical coming into the forward line so maybe that played in a little bit but um, hopefully that's not just some wishful thinking and he can can bounce back and be a a worthwhile rookie for us Um, speaking of people that are fantastic players JB, not very great Nat Fife, (laughs) uh, coming off a fantastic game last week, kills the Gold Coast he is going to be my captain this week if my VC fails in danger. JB, uh, really looking forward to seeing him play. He's another uh, guy that was you know, suffering with a little bit of injury, didn't play any JLT. We were a little bit worried about him, but I, I think he's dispelled a lot of doubts uh, last week. Yeah, and I didn't start with him, but having seen what he scored last week, I had some early regrets. Um, I mean, I, I didn't start with him not due to the fact that I thought he couldn't score, but due to the fact that I didn't think he'd be able to play the full complement of games for the season. But 
you know, if he's scoring 150s every week, he'll get that bigger lead that the trade probably won't even matter later on down the track. So hopefully for for non-owners, he slows down a bit. But, you know, there's no reason, or absolutely no reason to not risk the uh, the captaincy on him, you know, any given week, let alone against Gold Coast. But having said that, I had Grundy as my vice-captain, so we'll not have to risk my captaincy on anyone. <laughs> Were you panicking at quarter time? Yeah, I was, I was abusing <laughs> a lot of people who... Suggested it during the week, even though it was my own thinking that ended up putting it on him. But I was, I was definitely willing to take it out on others. But then when he came through, I was, I was sort of pumping myself up. Yeah, I knew what would happen. Yeah. Sort of. Here we yeah. are. Let's be honest. You just read Lahug's article and uh, that told you to go with Grundy. You didn't do any thinking whatsoever. No, Lahug is is rarely wrong. Uh, and that, that, that guy, that's true. he has a very good strike rate. Yeah, he he uh, quoted that um, Fife was going to go big last week, and he did. So you know. Good on yeah, Lahug, he's, cool. he's nailed it. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll jump into uh, the important parts of the, uh, the the podcast here, JB. The first thing we should touch on is what to do with Toby Green. I know my philosophy is firmly to hold uh, early on in the season, particularly when you don't quite know uh, what are going to be the right corrective trades. We've already seen 129 people traded Brody Grundy to Nankervis. JB, so um, just holding fire a little bit is my personal opinion, um, especially, you know, a two-game sample size is a little bit better, for, particularly for um, those that will trade him out. You get more information on who um, you can jump on without their prices changing. JB, what's your thoughts? Yeah, and as I said earlier, uh, I th- I'm going to be in agreement with you here. That trip to Perth could have happened any time, and you know, if it was a home game that he was out for, I would be a little bit more concerned. And if he's out next week, I'll most likely be trading him next week. But there's no reason to pull the trigger this week. You know, it's a once-off at the moment. As all we can see is that it's general soreness. You know, uh, knowing Toby Green, he'll come out and, and score triple figures the week after. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree with that. And the the benefit is, uh, if you have the likes of Petrocelli and Parker, you can loophole them. JB, just take us through the strategy for that. That those that may not know how to do that. Yeah. So a bit of silver lining here. Uh, if you have Parker and Petrocelli on your bench, you're wondering who to field. Who you know, if, if they're going to replicate the last week's scoring, we never really know. So Parker has the first game out of Parker, Green, and Petrocelli. So put him on the bench. Place the emergency on him. Pop Toby Green on the field. If Parker scores, you know, sub 40, sub 50 and, you know, something that you're not willing to take, then all you have to do is pop Petrocelli on the field for Toby Green and then you'll get Petrocelli's score and not Parker's. But if Parker does score something like 60 plus, something we know he's capable of, even 55 plus, I think it's probably safe to jump on, then you can just leave Toby Green on the field, leave the emergency on Parker and take that score. So you've got two chances at the man on your bench and the same thing as we segue into Marty Hoare can be done in defense as well, Chizo. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the last thing I really want to nail down, Matt Parker, 87 last week. Petrocelli, only 44 last week. And uh, Petrocelli played three grounds in 2018 for an average of 21. So we really have to weigh up exactly what we're willing to take from Parker. And I think your 55 kind of margin is, um, it's, it's not bad. You know, if you're taking a, a 50, you're not going to gain or lose much, um, by taking him over Petrocelli. So, um, I would agree with that. Uh, next that we will jump into is Ridley, mate. Um, as you know, a similar kind of, um, elevated rookie JB, 
we didn't really think that he should have been the one that lost out of the Essendon um, and GWS debacle last week. Uh, are you advocating that we hold with him as well? So this one's uh, quite team-dependent. I generally, nine times out of ten, advocate to hold. But if you've got someone like Collins and Hoare and Ridley, for example, and you don't have Dersma, uh, the, the, I've already seen a few teams like that this week, then I actually wouldn't mind the Ridley down to Dersma so you can get Collins off your field and onto the bench with the emergency, keep Hoare on the bench as well, and at least field someone like Dersma who will probably net you a good 30, 40 points over Collins. Um, well, that's actually a bit of a stretch, probably at least you know, 10, 20 points over Collins. And you know that in that instance, you're at least getting points straight away for your trade. You're getting money, and we don't know when Ridley will be back. Uh, in most other instances, if you're, you know, if you've got the Dozmans, the Scrimshaws, and you're deciding between Wilkie and you know, someone else sketchy, then you probably best to just hold that one and and wait till next week, see if he gets back into the team, or at least assess the options for one more week. And worst case scenario, make a more educated decision next week. Yeah, so I agree with that. If you've got someone like Dersman that can come on the field for him, feel free to bench him, um, and then we can progress from there because uh, he might not be long until he comes back, JB. Uh, the next one I do want to touch on, this is a little bit... Um, it's a tricky question because I don't think the answer is... My answer is going to be the one that you'd expect. We've got to pick two out of Walsh, Constable, and Scott to be on our field. JB, what are your thoughts? Whew, just picking two... So, uh, firstly, and I'm sure this is where we'll disagree, but I'd feel Sam Walsh under any sort of circumstance. I think uh, I was listening to a podcast during the week, and not certain which one it is because I do listen to a lot. But they were talking about how Sam Walsh just doesn't get below 24 disposals, whether it be in the AFL, in the JLT, or in his TAC Cup. He just never goes below 24. And although he looked shaky last week, I think he's going to shake off some of that rust and be good for a score around the 70 plus mark so I'm pretty confident in that and then you've got between Constable and Scott uh, this one's real difficult so I think I'd just favor Scott uh, marginally I think Constable still put up a good you know score around the 70s so it is a hard yeah I mean he can Constable can just go around the 60 65 mark but Scott obviously has shown that he can go. This is a tough one, Jay. So, if I'm, like, I don't have this conundrum with my team, I'm I'm benching Butters and fielding all three. So it's it's hard to decide. And whichever way I go right now, it's probably going to be the opposite that happens. But <laughs> I think you're safe to to field Walsh and you 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 know take your pick out of Scott and Constable. I'll, I'll leave it with the viewer. Yeah. No, okay. So uh, my perspective on that is, I think Walsh. Um, just from the pedigree. He actually played really well last week. He just very early in the game chopped the ball up a little bit. So his first couple quarters had some low disposal efficiency uh, and that held his score down. Um, whereas someone like uh, Constable, he's an inside kind of ball-winning midfielder. He's got a, another preseason under his belt. He's probably uh, going to get a little bit more time on ground because of it. Um, I like the chances of him outscoring Bailey Scott. Uh, there's not often you see first-round draftees 
you know, uh, put up a ton in their first game and then keep banging them out one after another. Um, I think his role on the half-forward line for North is going to see his scores fluctuate a little bit. Somewhere down maybe in the 60s and 70s is something is a little bit more reasonable for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he outscores both of them this week because he's clearly got the uh, the fantasy footy chops and he's got the right game to score. I just feel like those two... Um, just have the game to be a little bit more dependable. And, you know, maybe round four, round five, round six, when we've got some more data, then we can make a more educated decision. But, you know, we just have to go on a hunch at the moment, and that's my JB. Um, I'd be putting Bailey Scott as the emergency, but um, as you say, either way you go, you're probably going to be wrong, Uh, mate. So I appreciate that. (laughs) That pretty much covers up all the big... uh, kind of topics for the week. Should we also touch on some captaincy and vice-captaincy options, JB, um, just to uh, to round out the podcast, uh, just uh, for those that may not have put the VC on Grundy? Well, for those people that missed out on Grundy's score, uh, I'm fairly confident Cripps will uh, buck the only one-game sample size of midfielders not being able to score against Port Adelaide trend and put up a decent score of around 120 again this week. So I think he's a safe vice-captaincy option. Worst-case scenario, I think uh, for the majority of people in the competition that own Jax McRae, he isn't being spoken about much. So someone that might actually you know pop up and and uh, be a, a not a point of difference captaincy option but you know someone that you could you could probably get over a few of your your companions. I think Crips into McRae is fairly, fairly safe to get at least one of them to go 120, 130 plus, Jizo. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, I guess the the thing to mention with Crips is he's probably your only option, or only other option, if you have Bynes as your R3 loophole. Um, so you, you kind of your hand is kind of forced to pick a VC before your loophole. So if you don't have Sweet from the Doggies playing late on Sunday, you are kind of yeah you do have your, your hand forced. I do like um, Canelio as a, a possible option on the uh, the Saturday night fixture against the Eagles. He's just in ripping form. Um, Neil is also a good option with no Ben Jacobs at North. Um, but I think my main captaincy, captaincy option I've already talked about. Uh, Nat Five started with a one forty seven. His last three, JB, 160, 140, and 157 against Gold Coast for a 152 average. And his last game at Metricon was a 151. So uh, I I, I see another pretty big game coming from Fife. Uh, The only thing that we need to worry about is Ross limiting his game time if they uh, they get out to another lead like they did against North. But um, I like those options, JB. a bit of a, a quick and uh, fast I'll podcast what, just though, going Chizo, through the teams. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut you off real quick. If you've got Tom Rockliffe and you don't put the vice captaincy on him, then you might as well just trade him out. You reckon? Very, very safe vice captain this week, I think. And if you've got, especially if you've got someone to fall back on like McRae, do yourself a favour, everyone. Go back and look at Rockliffe's numbers against Carlton. They're very, very good. And then look at Ken Hinckley's press conference and you know watch him talking him up as a 40-position player again. That's very good. If you've got Tom Rockliffe and most of the competition doesn't, take advantage now. Pop the VC on him and, and fall back to McRae as worst case. Yeah, and that's the thing with the VC. It's there to try and... Have- um, you do want to get as a best score as you can, but it's there to take a little bit of a risk. If you do have the likes of McRae or a Fife, um, yeah, t- take that little bit of a punt and pick it up, pick someone Definitely. like like Rocky. I mean, if he evens up his DT to SC scoring ratio, he'll be off the chain. 
Oh yeah, and even if he doesn't, he's he still put up what like one forty five last week or something, and yeah. had one sixty five dream team. Yep. Still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right, JB. That uh, pretty much wraps up the podcast. Touched on the the issues that uh, may or may not be affecting your side. Where can you find us during the week? So you can get to Chizo at Chizo underscore DRSC on Twitter. Pistol is Pistol underscore DRSC on Twitter and obviously most importantly trending at the moment on Twitter <laughs> is Dr. underscore SC. Jeez, you thought I was going to say myself. <laughs> nice JB... to see you got it right though. <laughs> JB underscore DRSC is myself. And obviously you can chuck a comment in the Facebook comments as well. Talk a bit of rubbish about the podcast and whether you enjoyed it or not. And Nathan Scoble, you, you owe me for a shout out as well. So I expect to see you in my DMs tomorrow. <laughs> And if you do appreciate the content, guys, feel free to leave us a review on any platform that you are listening. It certainly helps get our brand out there a little bit further. Hey, JB, fantastic to have you on the podcast, mate. Been great chatting it to you. Thanks for joining me, Chizu. All right, mate. And we'll talk to you again, community. Have a good round two.